This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. Hello, happy Thursday. Thursday, the best day of the week. I always say it. If I am fumbling around this podcast today, there's a few reasons why. A, I'm not wearing my glasses today. Don't know why. I just decided I didn't want to see the world, I guess. Uh, B, I'm working with this new setup. If you're on my Patreon, you saw it. I got a, a standing sitting desk. So if I push a button right now, I could be like three inches shorter. I'm not going to do it because it's going to mess the whole thing up. But I've really been working hard to make this studio goals. It still looks a hot mess, but we're getting there. So I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing with the microphone, what I'm doing with my headphones. You don't care. You don't care. You know what you care about? This week's pop three. The three biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. Let's get right into it. Gabby and Eric. Gabby and Eric sparking some breakup rumors this week. Here are the clues. Clue number one. Eric has not been in attendance at the last couple of Dancing with the Stars tapings, right? He was there in the beginning. He hasn't really been around much. Clue number two. See, I just knocked my desk. Clue number, which you don't care, but if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the desk shaking. Anyways, clue number two. Gabby has not been wearing her engagement ring on the show. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I could not be bothered to watch Dancing with the Stars. I have to get through four hours of Bachelor in Paradise every week. You think I'm going to have time to watch Dancing with the Stars? So I couldn't tell you when the last time she wore her engagement ring was to dance. But, you know, she's dancing. She's not wearing it. He's not there. So what's going on? They're trying to play it cool. Eric posted a screenshot this week supporting Gabby and her Dancing with the Stars journey on his Instagram. It was an Instagram story. He posted a screenshot of him voting for Gabby 10 times. And it was like, make sure you vote for Gabby. She's crushing it. You want to know what I found interesting about that little tidbit? He did not tag her in the past. These things sound insignificant, but if you were all good, wouldn't you just send a little tag? Good luck at Gabby Wendy, you know? Yeah. And I would reshare me like, look at my mans repping for his girl, but they're not doing that. So it really was brought to light in this interview is what got her in trouble. Uh, Fox News asked Gabby after this past week's episode, they say Bachelor Nation wants to know about your fiance. Are you still together? 
She's doing her eyes get real big. She's doing like her nervous nod. You know, we've all seen it. We all saw it for two and a half straight months on our season. She's just nodding. Um, although I can't tell if it's just the Halloween makeup that makes her eyes look really big or if her eyes really are just like, oh, here we go. But this is that's how I interpreted it. She says. Yeah, I think life is just really busy for the both of us right now. So I understand their concerns, but we're just kind of, you know, nodding going forward with each of our individual interests and supporting each other from afar. Oh, I should have done the Gabby impression the whole time. What was I thinking? I got it at the end. Supporting each other from afar. Not a great answer, especially when you consider they live together in L.A. So you should not be supporting from afar when you live in the same place in L.A., right? Probably not. You know, this is like the only this is the only thing that's causing people to be like, huh? But I cannot remember a time where we heard rumblings of a breakup and it didn't come true. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Tino and Rachel, we all knew that one wasn't going to last. But let's just look at all of the Bachelor Nation breakups that we first heard about before they actually broke up. Michelle and Nate. I mean, we heard about her crying in the break room on her teacher lunch break. We saw her without her ring on. Clayton and Susie, they did a podcast saying they were moving out. Then they break up. Katie and Blake, they weren't posting each other. Even Katie and John, we were like, are you guys broke up? Tasha and Zach, Claire and Dale, all of these people we knew, or maybe not knew, we heard that there was trouble in paradise before they actually did break up. And I feel like you can now add Gabby and Eric to this list. Think about it. Have you ever heard a breakup rumor about Matt and Rachel? No. What about Rachel and Brian? No. My point is where there is smoke in Bachelor Nation, there is fire. My prediction, I think this is a lot of people's prediction, is that they will wait until Gabby is no longer on Dancing with the Stars. They will either try to reconcile during that time or they will announce their breakup. So there you go. Speaking of Bachelor Nation, the biggest fight in Bachelor in Paradise History comes in at number two. Don't forget if you're not subscribed to the Patreon page. Oh, I should have told you this already. What was I thinking? I opened on a new, I opened up a new tier for the Patreon page. So the five dollar tier will get you two mini sods a week of Bravo and Bachelor and pop culture and a plethora of things. But if you just want the Bachelor content, it's only. $3 a month. So every single Friday, you'll get a Bachelor Brain Dump where we recap Bachelor in Paradise. We get the tea on what's going on. I'll tell you right now. Is this thing on? For Friday's Patreon episode, I am working on getting the tea behind why Brandon is so pissed at Olu. My sources are working overtime. I'm getting little sprinkles of information. And hopefully by Friday, I'll have something for you. So it's in the show notes. Go to patreon.com slash Morgan's Pop Talks. If you want the Bachelor stuff, sign up for the $3 tier. $3 a month, it's nothing. Okay. Anyways, biggest fight in Bachelor and Paradise, Genevieve and Aaron. Genevieve and Aaron. Oh, Genevieve and Aaron. Oh, my 
gosh. I had the realization watching this week's Bachelor in Paradise that Genevieve looks like Leah Michelle. Now I can't get it out of my head. So I think that Aaron's dating Leah Michelle. Anyways, Genevieve just wants to spend some more time with Aaron. He's too busy talking about the evolution of rats in the pool and wanting to throw the football with the boys. We get the gaslighting accusation. Not the gas. Nobody loves the word gaslighting more than people of Bachelor Nation. I don't fault Aaron for not knowing the meaning of the word. You could explain it to me in eight different languages, and I still would not really get the meaning of gaslighting. But I don't think what Genevieve did to Aaron was gaslighting. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not Webster's Dictionary. And I don't understand the explanation. So anyways, Genevieve wants to leave because she's like, we can't even have a conversation. He doesn't even want to spend time with me. My favorite part is when uh, she's so chaotic. Genevieve is the queen of the spiral, right? She's she's packing up her stuff. She is out of here. She's like, I'm leaving paradise. I'm never coming back. The girls are trying to calm her down. She's got the suitcase in her hand. And they're like, no, Genevieve, 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 no. And she's like, excuse me, rolling it around. Excuse me. Like, does not even care. Excuse me, rolling her suitcase right past Victoria and Eliza. So they run into each other, right? Genevieve and Aaron. It's like remembering in high school or in college when you would break up with your significant other, but you knew the the way that they got to class. So you would make sure to go to the long way, you know, to make sure that you guys ran into each other so you could have a little chat. That's what happened here. And they're talking and and Aaron's explaining and Genevieve's explaining and and she's like, I want I'm falling in love with you. And and Aaron, his voice is breaking too. And he's like, I want to play football with the boys and I want to give you a kiss. And and what's wrong with that? Okay. So it's like, yes, it goes down on that front, but they're still fighting on social media. And I'm pulling up the Instagrams right now. Of course, it's on Bachelor Nation Scoop. You already know they have all of it. So this is what happens on Wednesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday, Tuesday night when they're going back and forth. Aaron says, guys, truly not the convo at all. Genevieve says, nothing relevant to the argument was cut out. What you saw is what happened. Here's Genevieve. Of course, I understand the guys want time with the guys. Did we forget we were just away from our guys for a week and I wanted some time? I was never mad. I was upset because I wanted to talk to him alone about something. Is that too much to ask in a very calm way? Aaron says, I'm going to try to do my best Aaron impersonation here. Guys, it's reality TV. It's not actually reality, but it is actually on TV. If Aaron could explain the term gaslighting to me the same way that he wrote this tweet, I think I would get it. Reality TV is not actually reality, but it is TV. <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh. Okay. Then he says, like 40 hours of filming a week condensed into four hours. You see such a small part. I was thoroughly entertained by that fight. I think by the tweets, we can all assume that they're not together. Unless they're trying to throw us a curveball. You know, they like to do that sometimes. Heck if I know. Okay, coming in number three for this week's pop three. It's been a bad week for Amanda Batula, and here's why. She had a fight with Lindsay, and we discussed this on the Patreon page in much greater detail. 
Um, but Amanda and Paige were on Watch What Happens Live. Andy asked, who's the rudest to their fans? Lindsay's face was not on the screen, but Andy was like, is it Lindsay? Essentially, Amanda said yes. That made Lindsay pop off on Instagram and say, I've gone to all these lover boy events when I'm not an employee. I don't get paid to go. Why would I go to these events if I was rude to fans? I'm trying to do you and your business a favor. Um, I'm tired of you dragging my name through the mud when all I've done is be supportive. Nice whatever. Um, and then she ends up with like, clean up your side of the street because my side of the street is doing just fine. Here's the tea. And here's why you should be on the Patreon page. I know what the rude moment was that Amanda was referring to in that watch what happens live episode. You know, she's because when she answers the question, she's like, no, at BravoCon, she was great. You know, whatever. It's when she's caught off guard. So everybody's like, well, when was she caught off guard? I know what happened according to one side of the story and why Amanda and or Kyle thought that Lindsay was being rude to fans. Can't tell you here. You got to go on the Patreon page. So then Robin and Giselle from the real housewives of Potomac <laughs> were talking about on their podcast, how at Bravo con, one of the girls from summer house went to the bathroom barefoot. Everybody was speculating who it was. I'm going to be honest. I was like, I would not be surprised if it was Lindsay. Like she's just, she has that chaotic energy. I love her, but she does. Also, people thought it might've been Sierra because look at her bed on winter house. Like her room is a constant mess. Uh, but then Robin went on watch what happens live and said that it was Amanda. Amanda was walking around in the bathrooms at BravoCon with no shoes on. So someone commented under that post and said, Amanda got hers since she gave Lindsay some. And then Amanda responded and said, should I start posting photos of me wearing shoes to try to convince everyone it's not true? <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid, but I absolutely love it. You know what I want to see? I want to see Robin on Watch What Happens Live. I want it to be a game, just like they did with Amanda and Paige, where you have the cast lineup. Right. And I want to see Robin pick Amanda out in a police lineup, you know, like that was the culprit. We saw her dirty, crusty toenails. I don't know if they're crusty. That's not very nice. Anyways, there's your pop three, the three biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. Let's get into the deep dive. I got to be honest. I changed this week's deep dive, which is why we don't have any listener audio today. We were going to talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which we are still going to do at the end of the show. But we got to do a deep dive on what is going on with Nick and Danielle. And this happened from Love is Blind. And this happened so close to when the podcast actually came out that I didn't have time <laughs> to get somebody to record some audio. This is your disclaimer. I'm going to have to get my reading glasses on because there is a lot of reading that I'm going to have to do. They've both been doing a lot of interviews lately. Danielle did some Instagram posting that has since been deleted, but don't worry, your girl got it. Wrote it all down. So buckle up. I mean, it feels like we're in sixth grade English class. We're going around the classroom. You know, when you were, would get anxiety when and you would count the paragraphs, you're like, okay. Rob is at this paragraph. That means Matt's going to be next. That means Danielle's going to be this one. And then I have this paragraph. So you start reading like to make sure that you don't sound like an idiot. That's what I was doing all day to make sure that I didn't sound like an idiot doing this deep dive. 
what's going on with Nick and Danielle. We know they got married on season two of Love is Blind, and now all hell has broken loose. They are at war. Why? Okay. I was so wrong about Nick and Danielle. Do you remember when we talked about after the altar, I was like, I didn't see any red flags. I see him now. They both should have went as walking red flags for Halloween, in my opinion. So Danielle filed for divorce in August. Things were really quiet. I even remember going to Danielle's Instagram page and like all of her photos with Nick were still on. And I was like, what could it have possibly been? I mean, maybe the fact that they're both a little Looney Tunes. And I say that with all due respect, I'm a little bit of a Looney Tune too. You know, it's all about self-awareness, but it's taken three months for the, for the respect our privacy. We walk away with love and respect to be just tossed out the window. And now they're at war. So this started, I think, I think when Nick started doing press in October. So he did this interview with us weekly and Nick said he wasn't, <clears throat> feeling like I was getting the partnership I needed to be successful and to move forward with the relationship. All right. No, no harm, no foul there. He also said that he did the best he possibly could in the relationship and said, I think it's unfortunate that you have to disparage or stay stuck in this place. Okay. So kind of spring sprinkling in some details here about what went wrong. Well, Danielle earlier this week did an interview with E! News. And this is what I think caused the spiral this week. She said, there's been no accountability from his side. She said, I wanted to make sure that it was noted that it takes two. But unfortunately, with every interview, he is putting all of the blame on me. And this isn't new. This was something he did the entire relationship. She also said that she has not talked to Nick in person since Lollapalooza in July and that everything else has been sent via text. I also just think that's funny. Imagine like the last time you see your husband is at Lollapalooza with like all these now Instagram influencers that you met on a, on a dating show where you met in pods. Like I can just, I can just feel the group text right now. Like, did you see Nick at Lollapalooza? in his floral button down shirt. Can you believe that he was wearing those blue short shorts? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Okay. So then she says in the same interview with Enos, I did file and he was very upset about it, even though I told him via text. Okay. And then she says he didn't respond to that. And now he's still trying to punish me because of the fact that I did that. Even though we're both stating the fact that we knew that it was the best for us. Everything was his decision. No matter how much I had an opinion or an input in things, it was never taken into consideration. She also says in this interview that they were in therapy for a while, but that it just didn't work. So after Danielle does this interview, Nick responds directly to Inu saying it's disappointing to hear his ex make false claims and defamatory comments about him and their relationship. So then, so then Nick goes to People Magazine and says, 
It's hurtful to hear these comments. It's disappointing that Danielle chooses to make false claims and defamatory comments about me and our relationship. Literally a cut and paste to what you told E! News. Who wrote that for you, Nick? Who's your publicist, buddy? I want to switch it up a little bit, but he goes into more detail on this one. He says it's especially hurtful because she knows firsthand how difficult being in the public eye is. As I have stated before, I implemented a boundary to not engage in communication with Danielle for my own mental health because I did not feel like our communication was trustworthy. See, there was a group text. There was a group text. Nick knew it. He was like, she's talking crap about my turquoise shorts. Anyways, I did not feel like our communication was trustworthy or yielding positive outcomes. He said, in good conscience, I will not share private matters or my experience in our relationship publicly because it's not in my character to disparage people. I am and have been ready to stop living in the past and move forward. Then the plot thickens, thickens, and we get Danielle's Instagram posts that were posted Wednesday morning for me. They are now deleted. All hell has broken loose. Danielle broke out the Instagram post with the black screen and the white text. You know it's about to go down when the black screen and the white text comes up. Get your popcorn ready. Do you remember when Tristan Thompson apologized to Khloe Kardashian via Instagram story? Black background, white text. Like I said, now it's deleted, but I wrote it all down. Five slides. Are you ready for it? I told you we're going to be reading a lot today. Here we go. Slide number one said, I need to say this because Nick is taking extreme measures to take me down, silence me, and control the narrative because he had intended to go on another reality show and blames me for potentially being unable to. Slide number two, I have been warned by his team that this could get messy and certain things of mine will be at stake or taken if I even block him on social media. Slide number three, he is proactively going to outlets to make false statements. But on top of that, there have been tactics that Nick is taking to control the narrative outside of just money and emailed me blaming me for potentially ruining his chances on going on another show. I didn't know he was applying and contacted people to ensure it didn't ruin his chances. Four, he is proactively trying to get media attention because he blames me for the divorce, even though I filed because I knew it was in my best interest. He said he was hoping the entire time he was hoping he'd get a director deal. Slide number five. He can continue to try and silence me or continue to punish me for doing what was in my best interest. But I hope people realize that he was enjoying the negative commentary and is trying to continue to make it the storyline that makes it seem like a savior. Okay, actually, there were six slides. Bonus slide. Here we go. And it is going to even higher than divorce. When this comes to fruition, I will say. No, when this comes to fruition, I will say more. I hope it never got to this point, but if anyone had the full context, they would understand. Deleted today. Dead and gone. So it's like she said, he's trying to silence me. Silenced on Instagram. There's no longer this novel on her page. Okay, a few things. One, 
She loves the word proactively. She uses it proactively. Number two, I'm not sure how she could hinder him from going on a show, right? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Is he under a joint contract with her because they got married? I'd assume their contract with Netflix is over. She's doing all this press. And if he's looking to go on another show, typically in reality TV world, your contract is a year after the show gets done airing. So obviously they're on to the next season of love is blind, which might be why he's looking for another show. Um, question number three, what is even higher than divorce? You know, she's like, this is going even higher than divorce. Like after the divorce, it should be done and over with, right? Like they should not be interacting with each other. So what is she getting at there? I don't know. And I also want to know what reality show is Nick trying to go on. My conspiracy theory is that it's The Bachelor, whether it's he wants to be The Bachelor or he wants to be a contestant on The Bachelorette. Um, what other show would he be going on? Chopped? You think Nick from Love is Blind is going on flip or flop? It's got to be a dating show, right? Time will tell unless Danielle blocks him from doing it. So I think that they're both just trying to come out of this looking like the good one, you know, like looking like the one that people are supposed to be rooting for. Look, you got married on love is blind. You met in a pod. We really aren't expecting you to be like the pinnacle of amicable, amicable divorces, or even like the poster child for normal <laughs> loving relationships. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And let me just say, if Nick blamed Danielle before, he's really going to blame her now that he, she told the entire world that he's trying to go on another reality show and potentially, He's not able to because of her, even though I don't really believe that. So we will see. She said she'll spill the beans when when the time comes. When is that time? Who knows? Who knows? Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Before we wrap up this week's episode, we're going to talk about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Part 3. I have had a week to digest my thoughts, and lots of has happened since then. So let's just dive right in. I'm just going to talk about the parts that stick out to me the most. Um, let's start with Jax, so Garcelle's son. Um, Erica says that she wasn't singling Jax out, that it could have been anybody, uh, that it wasn't malicious. Uh, it was just whatever. Um, and then Andy kind of addressed, not kind of, Andy does address, uh, the situation with Mauricio, Kyle, Dorit and PK, when they're all like laughing about 
the fact that Erica told a 14 year old boy, you know, something that she shouldn't have. Um, and even their explanation didn't make sense. Kyle was like, I didn't see it. And once I saw it, I was, it was mortifying. And Dorit was like, I was so taken aback. It's like, no, neither of those excuses check out or make your reaction. Um, I don't know the word I'm looking at. like that. That does not warrant that type of reaction in any way, shape or form. Even Mauricio responded to somebody's DM. I saw him was like, I need to apologize for this. It was it was horrible. Yada, yada, yada. It's just weird. I think maybe they were trying to recreate uh, the moment, you know, save the ankle moment, you know, from PK last year with the four of them laughing and joking about stuff. But at the expense of Garcelle's 14 year old son, not a great look. So then we get into Erica. She's on appeal for legal reasons. Uh, she says that she has to save herself before she can help victims. She says that she has talked to Tom. I think it's very interesting that um, in any regards to Tom, whenever Erica is talking about Tom, um, it's not combative. And I think that it was something that Crystal actually alluded to last time. She's like, where is your anger towards him? She's like, I don't and it's like, well, you were angry enough at everybody in Aspen when you were screaming and borderline hissing at them. But every time Tom is brought up, it's like, oh, yeah, we talked last week. Like, he's the guy that you should be mad at, not the fellow women for asking questions. What the heck is that about? Kyle's like, I can't keep doing this with you. And for the first time ever, Erica sheds one single tear one tear rolling down her face. It was odd to see. I told David, my fiance, David watched, watched part three of the reunion. No, he didn't watch it. He asked me if we could listen, it's important that you marry the right person. I'm telling you right here, right now, if you want a long life filled with love, happiness, reality TV, marry the right person, find yourself a David who asks you, to watch the real housewives of Beverly Hills with him. He was like, I told him in that moment, I was like, I've never seen her cry. Never, especially over this, not one single tear. So that was kind of a moment. Then in comes Kathy. So I guess the tequila thing, it was more about Kathy's expectation of Kyle that Kyle did not live up to, right? Kathy's like, I wanted it to be like a tequila tasting party. And then when I got there, you hadn't even thought twice about me. And Kyle's like, how was I supposed to know that you wanted a, te a tequila tasting party? I don't know. I kind of think that I'm kind of on Kyle's side with that because Kathy shouldn't assume anything really. Like if you want somebody to throw you a party, do it for yourself. I don't see people throwing Lisa Renna a lip kit party or or Eric, someone throwing Erica an extensions party, like do it yourself. If you want to do it, you can do it. You can do it. So Kathy also gives her side of the Aspen story. She says she wasn't heard by the DJ. She offered money to the manager to put some requested songs on for the group. The manager told her to go back to LA and that set her off. Okay. Allegedly, Kathy told Kyle it's time to go. Kyle didn't like the way that Kathy demanded her to leave. Yada, yada, yada. Did you hear this? This just came out this week. I forget what podcast it was on. I'm so sorry, but it was a writer for Vanity Fair was talking to someone and they were like, yes, I talked to 
I was in Aspen like two days after this happened. I talked to somebody who was there. I asked about Kathy Hilton. They said, yes, we saw the group there. We saw Kathy Hilton there. Kathy Hilton was just very drunk. That was the end of the story when it came to Kathy. They did, however, say that Lisa Renna was the one that was very rude, that was yelling at people. But that's hearsay. I wasn't there. Don't know who this Vanity Fair writer is, but that's just something that's out there swirling around. So Kathy also says that Renna says, I get it. I get it. You're preaching to the choir. And at first I thought Renna was talking about like, um, in regards to the blow up, right? Like Kathy's allowed to blow up because Renna, I get it. I get it. I threw a wine glass at your sister. <laughs> but now I think it's like, I get it. I get it. You're preaching to the choir about being upset maybe with Bravo or NBC or talking poorly about the other women. So that's something very interesting. Lisa Renna says, Kathy abused me. It was abusive. Abuse doesn't have to be hitting someone. It just falls so flat coming from Lisa Renna when you consider the abuse. I did air quotes here if you're not watching on YouTube. Caused by Lisa Renna to Denise, to Lisa Vanderpump, to Yolanda, to Kim Richards. She claimed Yolanda had Munchausen syndrome. That's not abusive behavior. She smashed a wine glass at Kim Richards and said she was close to death. Is that not abusive behavior? Like, check yourself before you wreck yourself, Lisa Rinna. Kyle is sobbing, crying the whole entire time because she knows the implications of this fight. She's been down this road before. She knows that it's not just about her and her sister, Kathy. It's going to affect the whole family. I think it all boils down to the fact that Kathy just wants her sister, Kyle, to say to Lisa Rinna, shut up. That's my sister. Don't talk about her. Kyle does not do that. <laughs> and I said this on my Instagram story, as soon as I got done watching it, I have an older sister. And even if she is so wrong and so out of line, if somebody is coming at my sister, I'm coming at you. But I have a very good relationship with my sister. She's one of my best friends. Kyle and Kathy don't necessarily have that relationship. So you have to ask yourself, why is Kyle not saying that about Kathy? Is it because she believes Rena to some extent? Is it because she was, air quotes, happy that people were seeing how Kathy treated her? There was this deleted scene where Erica kind of blurts that out and says, you know, Kyle told me she's happy that people are finally seeing how Kathy treats her. And Kyle's like, Erica, I told you that in confidence. Please don't bring it up. We didn't see it. We saw it in a deleted scene. So I just want you to think about how quickly Kyle snapped at Dorit. Remember when like Dorit inserted herself into the conversation as Dorit does. And Kyle's like, can you not once for once? Can you just not? But Lisa Renna calls her sister the devil and a monster and not a peep from Kyle. I think that's what Kathy is upset about. Look, I honestly, this is going to sound wishy-washy, but I see both sides. I can see that Kathy might be a little difficult to deal with. She might not always be the most logical person. But I can also see why Kathy just wants Kyle to be her sister and defend her like a sister would. 
So then we've had this, all this online drama about the receipts that Lisa Renna brought to the reunion that weren't used. Andy was on his radio show saying the manila envelope or whatever was receipts about the gala, blah, blah, blah. Like we don't care about the gala anymore. But then Lisa got on her Instagram story and she's like, no, I actually had two envelopes. One was the gala. One was an eight page long text conversation that I was having with people about what was going on in the house with Kathy. Here's my question. If the receipts were that good and it was an eight page long text conversation, Lisa Renna, post them to your Instagram story. Why wouldn't you do that? Unless there's some legality that I don't know about, but it's like, if she really wants it out there, she's put everything else out there. Why not? I don't know. I'm just truly exhausted by it all, by it all. I'm glad we're getting a little bit of a break. Um, also came out this week that according to Diana Jenkins, her team has gotten to the bottom of the bot investigation. Um, the IP address was an Instagram account called uh, the queen of T with an underscore. I looked it up. It's, it's not there. I don't know if it ever was there, uh, but the IP was also linked to, I think they said Northern California. Um, I don't know. Haven't heard anything from Garcelle when it comes to that, but there you go. We're putting a bow on season 12 of the Real Housewives Beverly Hills. And we will move on from just the chaotic mess that was Beverly Hills this season. Gotta love them. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me on yet another episode of MPT. If you love the plot, the plot. Nope. If you love the pod, give us a little rating. Five stars, a quick little love you like assist. Share it with a friend. Anything helps get the word out about MPT. And don't forget, we now have two tiers on the Patreon page if you want more tea more behind the scenes, more things that quite frankly, I'm not allowed to say on the podcast because they're told to me in confidence. The Patreon page is where you want to go. The extra pop tier is $5 a month and you get Bravo. You get all pop culture and reality TV and bachelor. But if you just want a pop of batch, uh, one mini a week where we, we recap everything that went down in bachelor nation that week comes out on Fridays. It is $3 a month. You can find uh, the link in the show description below and we'll see you back here next week. Love you like a sis. Ahura Media Production.